With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash acquire. That's linkedin.com slash acquire. Terms and conditions apply. Need advice? Want to know what a pro would say? Get all the answers you need from professionals in this Fox 4 podcast. Ask the experts. Welcome to Ask the Expert. I'm your host, Hannah Guthrie, and today we're talking about your dog, specifically dogs that have allergies. And in the studio with us is Dr. Mike Stenstrom. He is with the VCA Cherokee Animal Hospital in Overland Park. Thanks for being here. Thank you. It's a pleasure. I want to tell you about my dog, my okay. dog Butch. A couple of years ago, it was horrible. His paws were very red, and he was constantly licking them. So I assume he was allergic to grass? That's one of the most common allergies we run into, and um, you know, definitely the the focus many times in dogs with allergies is going to be the feet. Um, right. You can always kind of think about it that people tend to have respiratory allergies, but in dogs, the skin is the allergic organ, and uh, many times that foot and paw licking is you know the first thing and one of the biggest things people see. Now, is it <clears throat> grass or was it the pesticides we were putting on the lawn? Pesticides are actually pretty unlikely. Okay. Um, it can happen. I mean, understandably, we get a lot of calls where people are concerned about fertilizers and pesticides. Mm -hmm. And it's not to say it can't happen, but unless they you know literally dumped a large portion in one place, it's really, really unlikely. So, so it's, it's going to be the same things that you and I react to you know, basically spring, summer, fall. Right. Now, he doesn't paw lick anymore. Has he outgrown it? Because he's now 14. They can. They yeah. can. They can definitely as they mature sometimes. The, <clears throat> the allergies can lessen. That does happen. It can. But then he went through a stage where he was using our coffee table as a scratching post. He would get under <laughs> yeah. it and it really, it scratches skin right. raw. So we had taken right. him to the vet and he had actually had steroid shots. Right. Is that the same as a grass allergy? Would that be something different? Yeah, I mean, they, they're going to manifest. Every dog is going to be a little bit different. Um, again, your classic um, inhaled type allergy, which is called atopy, that's going to be basically the paw licking. Many times they're going to have trouble with their face. Um, sometimes they'll end up with ear infections from it. But they can literally, you know, have itching anywhere. Um, and just like you were seeing, sometimes it's bad enough they'll start to actually traumatize mm -hmm. themselves. I mean, everybody, most anybody that's ever had a dog has seen kind of the classic hot spot where they end up with, a, you know, a large scabbing sore. Right. Right. And, um, you know, most times that's allergic as far as the beginning of it, you know, one way or the other. So how do you determine what the dog is allergic to? Is it the yeah. grass? Is it the food? Is the table scraps you're giving? Right. So, you know, I would say in most cases, that's not something that we dive into right, right away. The only way you can really determine the pollens that they're reacting to is to allergy test. And that's certainly a good option. There's nothing wrong with it. But fortunately, most of our patients don't require care or medication right. year round. So many times because we're just treating them episodically, it's not necessary to allergy test. Um, you can learn an awful lot just by the pattern and the presentation because, you know, if it's certainly a seasonal allergy, we're going to see the problem show up in the spring, summer, fall, mm -hmm. usually. Um, and then the, the other part of it, again, is where are they scratching? Because, again, 
most of the time, if it's allergies, there's going to be feast, feed and face involvement. Mm-hmm. Um, flea allergies are another thing we run into. and that's They can be allergic to fleas? They're actually allergic to the flea saliva. And that's why you can have a dog come in that's covered in fleas and isn't necessarily that uncomfortable. Where another dog, I may spend 20 minutes and find one flea, and it's basically trying to chew its tail off. Mm. And that's because they're reacting to the flea saliva. And that's actually a very violent allergy. And again, that's usually focused more around the tail, the back of the thighs. Um, So between history and the location of where they're scratching, you can learn an awful lot. Um, Food allergies are usually going to be year-round, you know, if you're dealing with that. So do you give your dog animal scraps? Is that wrong? But they beg for it, and they just soak. <laughs> and dog food, you got to admit, it tastes like craps. They don't go running to eat it. Well, a lot of it's what they're used to, honestly. You think? Uh, yeah, uh, a lot. But I will say this. But a good I mean, rib from Gates is much better than dried dog food. I, it, yeah, but it's it's also, I like it better, but it's not good for me either. So no. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have to be careful with things like yeah. that, you know, because there are... Uh, Amazingly, there are some dogs that not just the allergy side of it, but sometimes things are not used to, especially fatty products can right. really, really upset their stomach. But food allergies are almost always protein related. And um, that's where if, you know, most pet foods are going to be based on similar proteins. Mm-hmm. And so unless you really feed a not truly non-allergenic diet, that's the only way you know if food's a component of it. So many times it's not, I mean, if you give something they're not used to off the plate, they may have diarrhea, but that's not a food allergy. Okay. okay? Food allergy, they're truly reacting to any protein source, whether it's the chicken from your plate or the chicken in your food. What about cats? Do they get allergies? They do. It's it's a lot different. Um, if cats are scratching, basically they'll get what's called miliary dermatitis, which you can just think about as being almost like pinpoint scabs that will erupt over their body. Um, Again, many times they have a tendency to get that on their forehead, on their neck. Um, With cats, when they have problems, we're going to probably assume it's fleas until Mm. proven otherwise because they tend to be violently allergic to flea bites. Um, but, But yes, they absolutely do get seasonal allergies as well. You ever treat a bunny? Because my niece has a bunny, and she actually walks it on a leash. It's got like a little <laughs> jacket, and the leash, it expands, so when they bounce, yeah, 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 it's like that, yeah. yeah. But do they ever get allergies? They can. Like a pet? They can. I mean, I can't, I can't tell you that we've treated a lot of rabbits for right. allergies over the years, but they can. I mean, they, get a, they have allergies. Horses can have allergies. Um, they all present different. I mean, horses, they tend to get hives, you know, more so. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not my specialty by right. any means, but, but yeah, I mean, almost any species can. What's the worst case you've treated, like with the dog? Well, I mean, I don't know if there's one that step, you know, that jumps out. But I mean, again, the amount of trauma that they can inflict, you know, to mm-hmm. their to their skin is it's eye opening sometimes how badly and how quickly. I mean, again, that's where you can get back to like your kind of a classic hot spot. You can have a dog that goes to bed perfectly normal. And by the next morning, I mean, they can truly have a huge wound, you know, from where they've traumatized themselves. And um, so that's, you know, that's the biggest thing. The allergy makes them miserable, but sometimes when they're scratching, it just makes the damage worse and worse. So how do you treat it? Um, You know, again, things have changed a lot. Um, You know, when I've, I've been in practice 25 years, when I first, you know, got out of school and probably the first even 15 years, we were limited to using, you know, antihistamines mm-hmm. um, like you and I take. Like Claritin? Uh, I mean, that's one you can right. use. I mean, a lot of people will give Benadryl, Claritin, Zyrtec, 
is a very common one that we'll have people try if they want to do something at home. And then you would combine that with various types of fish oil, nutritional supplements. And at the end of the day, you know, there was some effectiveness to that, but uh, histamine's not the main chemical that mediates their allergies. So it was just not an overly effective way to go. And so at that point, the only thing we could really reach for would be, you know, forms of steroids or cortisone, like you mentioned. So and, you give them shots. Yep. Or you could do tablets. Oh, the pills, yeah, because we did both yeah, tablets. Yeah, you could do either way. Yeah. Um, and it would shut down the allergies, but then you're balancing the side effects of the steroids with panting and drinking and urinating right. versus, so maybe now you're, you know, able to sleep because uh, your dog's not paw licking, but now you're cleaning up the carpet all day long right? because he's right. urinating everywhere. Right. So, um, so it was really kind of a balancing act, but... There are definitely some, you know, really unique and, and new ways to treat them that are, that are real. And I, I shouldn't it'd be neglectful not to say, I mean, through that whole period of time, allergy testing was always, again, an option for people. But again, many times that's determined by just how often they're having trouble. Right. But there are definitely really new, really powerful ways to treat them. Within the five, last five years, there was a product that was released called Apoquil. Okay. And Apoquil is very novel in that it blocks specifically the dog's allergy pathways. So where you and I take an antihistamine, dogs needed a product that basically blocks sites that are called interleukins in dogs. Um, so Apoquil specifically will target those receptors. And so basically it shuts down their itching and many times you'll start to see improvement within six to eight hours. Oh, wow, that um, is quick. Now, is it a shot or a pill? It's, an, it's a tablet, okay. but that kind of leads into the, actually the next development. Um, so Apoquil truly completely shifted how we treat them. Um, and then after that, uh, the same company developed a product called Cytopoint. Um, probably everybody that watches TV sees commercials for like Humira right. and all the monoclonal antibodies now that are done. <clears throat> so Cytopoint is actually a monoclonal antibody therapy. And so it literally targets one receptor. So it is unbelievably targeted um, and it's an injection and it will last anywhere from four to eight weeks depending on the patient. Um, Do you have to inject it on the site where they're itching no, or is it just generic? No, it's just systemic. Right. You're basically okay. giving them this antibody and it specifically blocks the itch pathway you know, really throughout the whole dog. And, they, and both those medications are strictly for dogs. Um, they were just developed that way, especially the antibody therapy is extremely targeted for dogs. Um, How expensive is it? Well, I mean, I think that it, a lot of it comes down to whether or not it's a patient that needs it every four weeks sure. or whether we can get out to a six to eight week um, window. Certainly Apoquil and Cytopoint, I mean, they're obviously going to be quite a bit more expensive than prednisone and giving antihistamines. Right. But as far as something that will be effective without side effects, they're unbelievable. Hey, we and live our dogs and you know we're going to exactly. do it. Exactly. Even though we can't spell those words. Exactly. You can just ask for the, the new treatments. You can Exactly. Exactly. So when do you know that it's time to take your dog to the vet? When they've got allergies and it's making them super miserable? I mean, what's the threshold? Well, I mean, many times the, the biggest thing that owners will notice is, I mean, number one, you'll, they'll start to see areas on the dogs where they're just clearly irritated. But right. a lot of times when people really notice it is that they're home in the evenings, they try and sit down and watch TV or they go to bed and all of a sudden they notice, oh my gosh, you know, uh, my dog's thatch, I'll just say thatch. You know, I all of a sudden notice that when I'm trying to hang out and relax or want right. to hang out with thatch, 
much. She's licking her feet constantly. I try and go to bed, and all I hear is lick, lick, lick. So when it irritates you, that's when you take the dog Unfortunately, in. Unfortunately, <laughs> that kind of that kind of fits into it sometimes. But I think that's when people really notice it, though. It's when time is quiet. You just realize how much they're shaking or they're doing the old collar shaking as they're right. kicking at their ears. Oh, yeah, I and, sound. So, yeah, I mean, I think that there's just a clear change in how much they're really you know, obsessing with themselves. Can a dog die from allergies? Like have a bad allergy attack? No, no. I mean, not like a human where you need the EpiPen and well to, to, to other things. Okay. I mean that not, uh, not to the types of pollens and things we're talking about, but I mean, sure they can, they can be have stings and things where they can have, you know, lots of swelling and like a bee sting. Yeah. But, but again, I, I don't know that I've ever seen one come in where I was concerned that it was life threatening, but I mean, they can certainly have a lot of facial swelling and, and, uh, you know, respiratory issues. So it's possible, but that would be really, really unusual. Well, this is very good information, and I hope your dog was listening, but if not, they can listen to this, and they can call you or go to your website. What's your website? Um, It's it's vcacherokee.com. vcacherokee.com, and get all their questions answered, and you'll answer the phone, and you do dog speak, correct? So if the dog calls, you've got that. Okay. We'd have that covered. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Dr. Mike Stenstrom, thanks for coming in. I really enjoyed this. Very good. Thank you. And join us next time for another episode of Ask the Expert on Fox 4.